Hi, this is the Social Jello with Angelo show. My name's Angelo. I'm a social scientist, surfer, martial artist, and a whole lot of other things. Coming to you live from Kasai City, Japan, the Social Jello with Angelo show. Hey, what's up, everyone? Thank you for checking out this episode of Social Jello with Angelo. Um, a few things on the roster today. So I'm interviewing Francisco. Francisco. Francisco is a Kajukembo black belt who teaches out of Tijuana in Mexico. And he shares his experiences of doing MMA, Tang Sudo, and his transition, his martial arts journey. It's a really good one. So I really appreciate you checking out the show. Some sponsors. All right. So I mentioned earlier that there's a new focus on my Facebook page. And the new focus is going to be my YouTube channel. If you're listening to this, yes. If you're listening to this on iTunes, yes, I have a YouTube channel. Please check it out. The YouTube channel is uh, is in the links. Uh, it's in the episode notes. Uh, it's at Social Jello on YouTube. So you can, if you look up the Social Jello podcast and you click videos on Google, you're gonna see a bunch of my videos on there. Please, please, please jump on and subscribe. I'm trying to get a thousand subscribers. Right now, I'm at. I'll be honest, I haven't really marketed it, and right now, as of now, it's only 120 subscribers. If I can get 1,000, I can start getting paid, I can start doing a lot of great stuff. Um, So that really helps out a lot. If you want to support the show, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Second, if you go to my website at www.socialjello.com, you can scroll to the bottom and click on the Amazon link. It costs you zero, no, nothing, nada. Uh, you can just click on the Amazon link and go do your shopping that you normally do. And Amazon is sponsoring the show, so every time you click on the on the banner, I get a few yen, a few pennies my way, and I really appreciate that. If you really want to support the show, you can go to the pat. Man, I keep messing this up. I, uh, you know what? I refuse to mess this up again, so I won't. I ended up opening a Patreon account. So if you don't know what Patreon is, Patreon is a platform that allows artists like me to get paid for what we do. You can look at our con- my content, and um, I don't share my content on Patreon. I just have a link to my YouTube channel, because that's what I'm trying to promote. But you can jump on Patreon, and you can donate whatever you want. A dollar, 50 cents, I don't care. And what that does, is it goes straight to me, and I make a few pennies on the side. And it helps me make more videos for you. So if you like what you hear... Please jump onto Patreon if you want to. If you would like to donate some money, you can do that, and I'd really appreciate it. And if not, you don't have to. It's all good. Like I said earlier, uh, just you listening is good enough. If the, if the bare minimum, you can jump on my YouTube and subscribe. That's more than enough, and I really appreciate you listening. All right. So, without further ado, let's get started with the show. All right, so thanks for tuning in to Social Jello with Angelo. Uh, you probably already heard the little marketing splee I said earlier. Um, but like as I mentioned, uh, today we have Francisco Garcia here on the show with us. What's up, Francisco? Hey, how's it going, Angelo? Pretty good, pretty good, pretty good. Um, so uh, as I was telling my listeners earlier in a Facebook Live video that I did, this year I'm focusing on stories from martial artists and how they got into martial arts and all that. And I guess real quick, if you just want to tell my listeners uh, what it is that you do and where you're doing it from. 
Okay, I live in uh, Tijuana, Mexico. I'm a full-time architect, part-time uh, Kaju Kembo instructor here in Tijuana. Awesome, awesome. And um, I know I've told my listeners what Kaju Kembo is all about, but uh, but either way, if you want to tell them what exactly uh, what exactly do you go over, like as far as your Kaju Kembo school, um, what kind of classes do you run? Sure. I run uh, two classes, uh, a children's uh, class and an adult class. And I'm uh, trying to cover the complete uh, system about Kaju Kenbo, which is karate, uh, judo, jiu-jitsu, uh, kenpo, and Chinese boxing. So I try to uh, cover all the, all the systems. Sometimes, uh, for example, on a Monday, we train karate. And then uh, on a Wednesday... My uh, schedule is uh, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. So sometimes on Wednesday, we try to cover jiu-jitsu. And then on uh, Friday, we do sparring. And then we do some uh, wushu or some kung fu. I try to cover all the all the levels. Awesome. Awesome. And then um, how long have you been doing Kaju Kembo now? Uh, I did my math uh, on that because I've been training since I was a kid. I, I started training when I was 10 years old. But I moved to Kaju Kembo when I was uh, 16, 16 year old. So it's been almost uh, 20, 27. Oh, wow. Where, yeah. where um, okay, let's see where we can go with the story. Okay, cool. So what exactly got you into martial arts? Like, why did you start? Uh, I started um, uh, training karate because I was a troublemaker as a child. My mama wanted me to uh, to do some uh, sport and some uh, 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 physical activity. I was doing baseball and basketball when I was a kid, but uh, my mama uh, take me to the to the classes and uh, to the karate classes and, and see if I can uh, enjoy something, doing some more physical activities. Cool. And what style? You said there was a karate class. Do you remember what style it started off with? Yes, of course. Uh, it was Tang Sudo. Oh, Tang Sudo. Yes, and then for my listeners, it's funny because I recently translated uh, the uh, Kaju Kembo Wikipedia into Japanese, and I actually had uh, one of my students who's Japanese look at it, and he's like, "What's Tang Sudo? What is Tang Sudo?" <laughs> so, so I realized like I know what Tang Sudo is, but I, I started realizing that people that don't do martial arts don't know what it is. So, would you mind explaining what Tang Sudo is? Well, yeah, Tang Sudo. It's uh, it was the first one of the first um, uh, Korean martial arts. Uh, the real name of the, of the, of the first uh, Korean martial art is Warando uh, from the history that I learned. No? And uh, uh, Taekwondo, uh, Tang Sudo is very similar to, tang, to Taekwondo. The only thing different about Tang Sudo is uh, they use more hands than the Taekwondo. And Taekwondo became the, the Korean sport. Tang Sudo, uh, it was more traditional and it's still more traditional. Would you say it's more of a self-defense martial art? Exactly. All right, cool, cool. Yeah, I, I, me personally, I've, I, know, I know of a little bit of the history of Tang Sudo. I've never done any of it, so I, I only know what I've read and um, in the videos I've seen. And I know that uh, from from my broad interpretation, it seems like Tang Sudo kind of stuck more to the self-defense orientation and Taekwondo kind of became more of a sport, kind of like the difference between uh, what you would say between judo and jiu-jitsu, where judo kind of went more towards a sport element for the Olympics, 
And while jiu-jitsu tried to stay a little more self-defense oriented, um, taekwondo went more for like trying to turn it into a sport that everyone can try and kind of made a different rule set off of that. But So you did Tang Soo Do for a while, um, and then eventually you got into Kajukenbo. So how did that transition work out? It, uh, I earned my, my black belt first degree in uh, Tang Soo Do. And then uh, locally here, we, we went to a bunch of different tournaments. Um, I went to one tournament in San Diego, and I met um, Grandmaster Randy Alo. And I saw the way he moves and, and the way he did uh, the whip chain, and then he did hard style. And I needed notice, but I, I, I right away noticed that he, he was the same guy who was doing different styles. So I got a, I, I was amazed about how, how he moves. And I, I, right away, I, I, I get cash by, by that martial arts. And I asked uh, one of my friends who, who, who went with me to, to that tournament, and he told me that it was Kaju Campbell. So I, I did some um, research, and um, I actually get contact with Grandmaster uh, Rani and asked for, for some classes. But it was, I was like 16 or 17, so I didn't earn too much money. So I, I was, it, was not, it was a little bit not, not very quiet for me to, to pay those fees, no? So I went to a, to a karate here, to a local Kaju Kembo school. So that's how I get into the Kaju Kembo. With a, right now, it's a, he's a grandmaster, Grandmaster Lugo. So you started off by... Um... You you saw Kajukembo for the first time in San Diego, is that correct? In a in a local tournament, I don't know if you knew uh, Grandmaster Ted Tabura from Lima from Lima Lama. Uh, the name the name I've heard the name. I don't, I've never had the it, honor to meet him. He was very close to Sijo uh, Emperado and then uh, Chisu Avat. They were very close. Oh, cool, cool. And so. From there, you were in San Diego, and then um, you went back down. You were you were living at the time. You were you were you were living, or you you were still living in. You you live, <laughs> you were living in Tijuana. You live in Tijuana, right? So you went back yeah. to Tijuana, and in Tijuana they had a Kaju Kimball studio already. Yes, they 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 actually at that moment it was two two schools, two different schools with different branch. Oh. One, it was uh, Liguar Kempo, which is uh, the Lugos Cayu Kembo. And then it was another one, which is the Cayu Kembo with, uh, with the M and P. Okay. From uh, Grandmaster, uh, he passed away recently, uh, Grandmaster Luki Luciano. Oh, okay. So th- th- was, those uh, were the two Cayu Kembo schools in here in TJ. Oh, wow. Cool. cool. And you ended up going under Grandmaster Lugo. Lugo. Yeah. Awesome. Right. It was it was very close by to my uh, where I used to go to high school, and uh, it was very convenient for me. So you were sixteen. You started doing martial arts when you were how ten. Old? Ten. So you you've already, you were already doing martial arts for about six years. Now you're sixteen. You get into Kajukembo. You started again as a white belt. Uh, I started as a white belt. But we, we, we went to arrange, uh, an arrangement with uh, Grandmaster Lugo at the moment that I have a certain time to earn everything or learn everything about the, uh, the black belt level, and he was going to do a test. So I learned pretty much everything uh, in about a year to do my uh, black belt test. All right. And what was your ranking in Tang Sudo before you came in? 
uh, first degree black belt. Oh, okay, cool, 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 cool. And then, um, so you're you're 16. You have your uh, you're, you're earning your black belt in Kajukenbo. What exactly? Uh, what kind of? Um, where did you end up at that time? What kind of? What kind of competitions did you end up in? Uh, I was doing uh, forms or katas, and then point sparring. All right. And uh, so once you got your black belt, you were 16. What happened next in your martial arts journey? In my martial art journey, uh, I was 17 when I started competing in Kaju Campbell. Uh, the first tournament that I went to uh, as a Kaju Campbell guy, uh, it was a, a Kinji tournament in, in Inglewood. <laughs> and I was, I was you, know, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. how the fights are. Man. Yeah, I know how they are. So real quick for my listeners, uh, can you break down real quick? What's it? Because I know a lot of people that are watching this, they come from an MMA background, right? So right now... Um, if, uh, if they've already made it 14 minutes into the show, uh, at this point, I think it's really important that we need to explain what the difference is between point sparring at your basic karate tournament or your basic Taekwondo tournament and point sparring at Kajukenbo. Cause a lot of people look at point sparring and they're like, well, that's ridiculous. Like that's not real fighting. They're just stopping their hits and they're doing these phantom strikes and and giving points and it looks like they're dancing or they're kind of jumping around playing a game of tag. Um, but things are a little bit different in Kajakembo. Uh, can you, can you explain real quick how that works? They, we, we call it right now old school, no, because those are real punches. Those are real kicks. The judges, if they don't see something that they don't like, it's not a point. I mean, you can be fast or you can be very strong, but if you don't, if you don't do a technique, um, it doesn't count. And they still uh, are like that. I went to, I don't know, maybe six months ago to San Francisco to the, to the championship, to the world championship with Kaju Kembo. And it's, it's still the same. They don't, they don't care about the new rules and stuff like that. It's old school. Yeah. And then also, uh, I, oh, if you want to add there, um, or I'm going to go ahead and throw in and strikes to the growing are still open, right? Uh, not in this, not in this year, but years ago, it used to be the growing strikes. Yeah. yeah. So fast forwarding to your life now that you're 42, why do you think that kata is important? I know, um, for some people, for those of you that know, don't know what kata is, kata is a type of form that you do to practice your martial arts. It's very common in styles like traditional styles like karate and also kung fu so how do you feel for yourself that kata helps you in your training some people feel that you look like a wizard but either way all all joking aside what do you think they always been helpful the only thing is i i didn't put too much attention but the kata is the base of all the techniques all the karate all the simplicity all the way you move it's in the katas. It's 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 uh, techniques put in together with different opponents. I love the katas because it makes me feel that I'm doing something for myself as an exercise, as a physical exercise. Even though at the same time I'm doing techniques, I'm doing I'm doing the self defense techniques, and uh, in the tournaments especially and at my school, it's to teach uh, the kids uh, how to move how to breathe, how to react, how to kick properly. 
and it's it's hard. It's it's not easy. Going back to your story, what did you do after you you were mentioning uh, that you know before before we started recording, you were talking about how you had this martial arts journey, and at one point you you ended up taking a break and then you came back so after you got done with your break what did you do i take a break because i went at 17 to the to my architecture school so i i, I took a break about five years i still uh, trained once in a while but I, I i took a break pretty much because architectural school took me took me pretty much all my time at that moment uh then i came back to train in uh uh, learned. I was uh, a little bit uh, more interested in to learn about all the Kajukembo and uh, learning a little bit or more uh, of the Jiu-Jitsu part and then uh, and then the Kempo. Not much into the into the bow, which is the Kung Fu. So I that's what I my uh, my Jiu-Jitsu and Kajukembo doubts start coming out, and I, that's how I I get involved into the Jiu-Jitsu uh, area or art as i i went to a a, a school to, into a, a jiu-jitsu school uh actually they are direct from uh i don't know if you're familiar with the gracies yeah. yeah okay uh my my teacher it's uh it's here in tijuana which is ricardo lopez and he's a student of clark gracie which is the grandson of uh, uh renzo gracie oh, all right so it's from the renzo, renzo gracie lineage so for those of you who aren't familiar with the Gracie lineage of jiu-jitsu, I do suggest that you check it out. Uh, I have a podcast on it entitled uh, Gracie or entitled Jiu-Jitsu in Japan. It's a great it's a great podcast, and I go over the history of Gracie jiu-jitsu and why I do it. I did uh, maybe for six months, and I, I'm I'm still uh, going in and going out. I mean, the thing is, I, I love Kajukembo. I love the concept about Kajukembo. And one of the things I was very weak, it was about my ju, my jiu-jitsu and, 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 and judo, no? I never have any, any training, anything like that. So to me, in, in order to understand the whole concept of Kajukembo, I, I wanted to get involved into the, into the ju, no? So coming from... A Kajukembo background, with and, and in your case, a, a really big emphasis on stand-up with Tang Sudo. How was that transition into MMA? How do you feel it worked? Well, first of all, have, have fighting in the, in the floor. I mean, in, in Kajukembo, you do the techniques and you finish some uh, the techniques in the floor, no? You finish somebody on the ground and, of, of course, you have in control. But now sometimes in Jiu-Jitsu, you don't have the control and you are on the floor. It's that was my 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 most difficult part to have somebody a body in top of you and know how to move or know how to arrange and and be thinking that you're gonna do a, a choke or you're gonna do a, a a technique. It's I was I was feeling very uncomfortable, very unco uh, very uncomfortable being with, with somebody on the floor. You know, not having that control. So the since the first time I I, I practiced jujitsu, I was I was very happy. I was like, this is this is something that I want to learn, you know. Actually, me coming for a background of kicks, which is the tank sudo. So I already I, I I think I already have that control, that ka, the the, the ca, in in Kajukembo. So 
I wanted to learn more and get involved into all these techniques and chokes and, and uh, the sweeps and, and takedowns and stuff like that, that you know, that you see on the TV and stuff like that, but it's not the same as practice with somebody who knows and, and who manage. So you did that for about six months and then, um, and then what happened? Coming back and forth, I mean, I, and I haven't never stopped to go into sometimes with my teacher for for some classes, some uh, months. It, it depends on my schedule too of of, uh, of the school and the compromises that I have, no. And then from there, how old were you at this point? I think I was like 30, 30 something. All right, cool, cool. And then, um, when did you start doing MMA? Uh, before that, before the jiu-jitsu, I started doing some uh, full contact uh, classes in, a, a, uh, in some tournaments, and they invited me to do some uh, MMA scenes and MMA fights. I did almost, uh, I think it was three, three, uh, three, fights. three fights, amateur fights, yes. Three amateur fights in, um, yes. in Mexico. Correct. Everything is in TJ. All right, cool. And what were the rule sets for the amateur fights? They were, uh, you can do whatever you want as an MMA, no? You can do kickboxing or whatever. Uh, there was pretty much the same rules that they have right now in the UFC, not uh, complete contact. In some of the, I think on the first fight, there was no knee uh, uh, hits and uh, no elbow shots, stuff like that. All right. Did, what, kind of, what kind of, was it just, uh, were you just wearing the gloves or did you have to wear any shin guards or? No, completely shin guard, uh, helmet, and uh, and the gloves. All right, cool. So you had shin guards, helmet, and the gloves. Did they allow ground and pound? Yes. All right, damn, that's that's rough. So, <laughs> so for people that don't understand why I just said that, in, in Japan, they in the amateur division, most amateur divisions have actually do not allow ground and pound. Okay. Um, to save their fighters, because the way Japan looks at it is, you're doing amateur to to move your way into pro. So they they do their ground and pounds and stuff during training, but then for the actual fights, uh, the JMMAF, the Japanese Mixed Martial Arts uh, Federation, uh, which is the official federation for the any official MMA um, venue. So any official MMA venue will give you a chance to get into Risen or, or also 1FC, uh, I think it's called. I might have messed that up. Um, and also the UFC. So if, if you fight for the J MMA, if you fight for the J MMA F for any, any certified J MMA F venue, um, mm -hmm. what happens is you'll get a, you'll get a shot. If you win enough amateur fights, you get a shot to fight in that venue in pro. And there's different venues within that, uh, pancreas, uh, Osaka, mm -hmm. pancreas, Tokyo, um, uh, as I mentioned, they have Risen. Risen has a few has a few tournaments that they have. Um, so there's a, there's different smaller venues within the JMMAF. But once you actually get a pro fight, um, then you have the UFC rules. And then okay. if you get enough pro fights, when the UFC comes out to Japan, if for some reason someone drops a card, drops from a card, they need a replacement fighter, or if they're just playing looking for fighters in Japan. The, the UFC comes and looks at the venues that are through the JMMAF, uh, Risen and whatnot, um, to pick out fighters to, to jump onto the UFC card. So to save the fighter's uh, career span, they tend to take out the, uh, they take out the ground and pound.
to the face. You can ground and pound to the body, but they take out the ground and pound to the face to save uh, to save the fighter's uh, lifespan. Because you know, as you know, traumatic brain injuries are a problem. So they try to make sure that these fighters in the amateur can kind of get their experience they need before they go pro, before they get put on the bigger cards. True. Um, so yeah, I'm always looking at it because I know in, in Mexico and in the U.S. also, the, the, in the U.S. they have a lot of like underground, uh, uh, this is, there's this uh, podcaster named Daniele Bolelli who talks about the smokers, the smoke houses, <laughs> like these underground fight scenes. They're not underground, but they kind of try to, they're trying to gain crowds to come out to their places to fight. And normally they're held like at bars and people are smoking and <laughs> it's, got, it's got a very like 1980s fight club movie kind of feel like John claude Van Damme, you know? <laughs> so like he was always talking about, you know, the, you fight at these venues, but those venues don't even have helmets cause they don't, they're, they're, they're there to try to more or less promote a fight. Not really. They don't care about the fighters themselves. They're just trying to make money. Yeah, that's that's what is happening. Uh, or it happened here in Tijuana too. Yeah, it's pretty common everywhere. And it, I'm not going to say it doesn't happen in Japan. It happens in Japan too. But that's why the JMMAF stepped in and made these rules and made these official venues. Like, hey, like we're actually trying to protect our fighters, and that that's how they kind of separated themselves from that that underground world. <laughs> Nothing against the underground world for my listeners. I'm sure some of you might be fighting through that. Nothing against that. It's just. It's just a little different, that's all. Correct. No, I totally agree with that. So so you did some MMA fights. Um, how did that go? It went pretty good. It went in I actually it's it's just uh you have that 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 kind of dream that you wanna do that, no? That you see the UFC and then you, you know that you've been practicing Kaju Kembo. You wanna you wanna put it into a challenge, you know? You wanna you wanna you wanna leave it. So it went pretty good. I, I actually, I was, I was very surprised about how did it go and everything. And then I did it. That's why I did it. So you, you went in for your first fight. Um, I guess we'll start off with just some basics. Uh, did you have a corner? Yes. Cool. Who was your uh, corner? I was, there were my, 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 uh, some coaches that I used to have. And then what was your game plan for your first fight? For my first uh, fight, I didn't know too much of jiu-jitsu. So pretty much I got confidence on my kicking and my striking. All right. So you were, you were going to ride on your stand-up. You stepped in. What happened in the first round? Um, Try to uh, uh, do my boxing. Uh, pretty much it was more into the kickboxing uh, strategy. You know, it was it was more into the kicks. I'm, I've always been uh, very secure about my roundhouse, about my my hook kicks, and uh, and use my boxing. Cool. And uh, what did your opponent do? Uh, he was very surprised about how hard I kick. He, he he was very surprised. He at the end of the fight, he told me like, "Oh man, you kick very hard." <laughs> and um, oh, I forgot to ask, what weight class were you fighting in? I was weighing, I think, uh, 75 kilos, which ah, is... Uh, that's the welter. Yeah, welter. Cool, cool, cool. So you went in, and your opponent was saying that you were kicking you were kicking really hard. What was your opponent's background in? Uh, he was doing a system, which is uh, from here, from Tijuana, which is Kundolama. It's something very similar to the shoot fighting. 
okay. I don't know. Maybe you never heard. It's it, it's it's a uh, like the Lima Lama, uh, more into the kickboxing style. All right. So for people that don't understand Lima Lama, I guess, or uh, or shoot though for that matter. I guess sure. uh, a quick way to kind of bring this for the listeners that might know a little, might know these styles, might not, might not know anything about martial arts. It's pretty much a mix of stand-up, uh, kickboxing, and grappling, like <laughs> in, yeah. in, in in layman's terms. They, you know, they have uh, kickboxing, they have grappling. So they, they came. It's it's another style of uh, of MMA, and I, I think one of the things that a lot of people forget that I've been realizing out here uh, when I went to China to train. People always think the average person usually always thinks mixed martial arts is Muay Thai kickboxing, Muay Thai kickboxing and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. That's it. Uh, most of the people watching it always look at that. I know that uh, even in the UFC, our, our Kaju Kembo guys will go in there and many times they won't mention the other styles that they train in. They'll just go in and, well, I guess there's only so many styles they can mention when they say style in the little box and and the fighter's stats, but you'll always end up seeing Muay Thai kickboxing and Jiu-Jitsu or Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and then Muay Thai kickboxing, and then maybe some other style in the corner, uh, like karate, or they'll, they'll pick a, another famous like brand name, like or Taekwondo. Like they'll usually pick a big name martial art that everyone understands and can gravitate to. But at the end of the day, when you look at an MMA fighter, like I've seen videos of uh, of of the spider Silva, I've seen Anderson Silva videos of him practicing Win Chun, like, yes. <laughs> and working yes. with Win Chun instructors and coaches, right? And what a lot of people don't see in the backgrounds behind the scenes of a fighter is mixed martial arts is exactly what we what what's being advertised. It's mixed martial arts. It's not just Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and Muay Thai kickboxing. These two are the most prominent. Because if you're a beginner that doesn't have any experience in fighting and you step in and decide to do mixed martial arts, it is a good idea to get familiar with Muay Thai kickboxing and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu because those are the main things you're going to encounter first. But the people who do really well, the people who end up becoming champions, they have an array of different styles that they're mixing in to their methods. Um... And that's really what Kaja Kimbo is all about, which is why like, I gravitated towards mixed martial arts when I came out to Japan because there's no Kaju Kimbo studios out here. If there was Kaju Kimbo studios out here, I probably wouldn't have ended up getting into MMA. Like, I got into MMA because I was looking for a place to spar. And I, when I went to the karate places out here and I started getting into the grappling, I got yelled at. And then when I went to the judo places and tried to get into some striking, I got yelled at. So I finally figured, I'm like, all right, I need to go somewhere I'm not going to get yelled at. And I ended up going to an MMA gym because that was the closest thing to what I already knew. Um, but like you were saying, your your opponent, he did a, a mixed martial art that pretty much puts striking and grappling. Uh, I'm guessing, did, did you win that fight? Yes. All right. What did you win by? We've been by, by points. It was the round. It was just by points. Okay, cool. So, so it was final decision. All right, so it was you know, you decision. decision. Nice, nice, nice. So some strikes. Did the guy try to take you to the ground, or was there any ground work, or was it all stand up? 
Yeah, it was a ground uh, ground uh, work too. But uh, like I said, I was not feeling very confident about that. So I tried to do all my work and all the fight on, on stand up. So, how did you handle that? Like, since you came in, you never did an official, you know, you never officially did jujitsu, right? You only did kajukenbo. So obviously, for anyone listening who doesn't understand, he's already got a good strong background in striking from above ground and pound. He's good at take takedowns. But as far as being in a compromised position, being put on his back, trying to sweep, that kind of stuff, is not he, he didn't have that much knowledge in it. So when, um, when it did go to the ground, how did can you remember what exactly how it ended up going there and what you did once that happened? I, I tried to, to, to do the basic stuff that I knew, no? but it was like I said when we were talking about the jiu-jitsu, it's hard when you think that you know how to do it and realizing that you don't know how that experience it, it, it went pretty frustrating you know yeah so I, what, I, what exactly happened did he take you down on a double leg takedown or did you get tied up or i i, I get tied out and and then he he uh, attached me very close to the to the to the wall to the to the area that he was uh trying to take me down he he went not a, a, a like a clean takedown okay. he went more into into fighting no but it, it was a little bit frustrated that's why after my first fight i realized you know what i need to get more involved into the jiu-jitsu i need to be more have a little uh, at least more knowledge or how he's gonna be end up no? so he pinned you he pinned you up against the wall you kind of got into a scramble from uh -huh. there you kind of fell onto the ground when you fell onto the ground were you in the bottom position or the top position i was on the bottom oh shit so, so yeah for for me to move into the top it was I, I knew the basic stuff, but it was it was a little bit difficult. It was a that guy knew, yeah. That guy knew knew a little bit more of uh, of jujitsu background. All right, all right. See, so but you were able to scramble out and get back on your feet. Yes. And then you you ended up taking it to the top and finishing it from standing. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Good. Good. Well, I know it's it was a long time ago, but congratulations with that, right? <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, so so again, like you took care of it. You did that. You had three more fights. Um, okay, I we we have a few minutes left here. I'm gonna. Sure. I have two more. I have two more questions before I, I go to our wrap up questions. Why? Why did you after three fights? Why did you stop doing MMA? Uh, well, my, my next step it was to be more into a professional scene that I honestly, I felt like I was not young enough. I was more into my 30s, 30-something, 30 31st, 31, 32. I felt like it was not the right time. I, I lose a lot of speed, and I was not crazy enough to, <laughs> to keep it going, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it, take, it, it, it takes a lot of courage. It's not easy. It's easy to to train. It's easy to um, to get your gloves on in in, a, in any fight, but it's hard to get into a into a ring, into a octagon, into a real fight. Yeah. Well, no one no one ever said fighting is easy, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So for me, I mean, I that's when I decide. You know what? I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna keep doing. Yeah. Yeah. So what what would your message be? To anyone looking to to get into MMA 
and then maybe even get into a career in MMA, what, what would your message be to these kind of people? To be honest, go for it. I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot of training, and you need to be with a lot of discipline, and, and it's, uh, it's a good run. Do it. Do it because you, you're not going to have the time later. It, it, it's, it's a good run. You have to do it. You have to try it. Awesome. Awesome. And then, um, so we'll fast forward now. You said you have your school. You have your Kaja Campbell school now. And, uh, you know, obviously you said you wanted to get more into a professional career. So I'm guessing after you got finished with MMA, you started focusing more on your, on your job and your work as an architect. And um, you got your career going. You opened up your Kaja Kembo school. Um, what, what inspires you to teach? What inspires you to, to teach Kaja Kembo? For, uh, the first thing when I thought uh, to open a school, it was like, I, I want to do something else. No, I have my background in, in, uh, in Kaju Kembo, but, uh, but I was trying to help other people. Because uh, they they know uh, not a lot of people knew that I was training. I was not into the to letting all the people know what I was doing. And uh, one of the things, and when you open your studio, you you have to promote your school, no? So it was more into helping the and it's, and I still do I, I still do that. Uh, that's my my primary. The first thing that I do is I, I'm helping my students. Any person who comes and and asks, I I tell them like, hey, you have a free a free week. Try it. I don't. I don't charge for a free week. It's uh, learn whatever you can learn in three in three classes. And if you clinch, let's let's see how we can help you out. No. Cool. Awesome. So helping other people, teaching other people. That's what inspires you to, to teach now and in, uh, in, in what you do. So what are your plans uh, for the future? What are you going to do with with uh, what what, do you, what would you like to do with with like, your school and your students? My school, it's uh, it's keeping going. We we're doing it a lot of tournaments this year. We actually have a, a our our own tournament. We host our, our own tournament on June in the middle of June. So we're gonna keep pushing and uh, going to the different competitions. And I'm open to all the competitions. Even though we do some forms, we do a, a point sparring. I have a student who wants to do MMA, so we're gonna try to do uh, maybe a couple of fights this year. And uh, and we go from there. I mean, I'm open uh, next month uh, in March. We're gonna have our first uh, jujitsu gi uh, with gi competition. So we keep uh, learning. Awesome, awesome. And uh, before we uh, wrap up, do you have a website that you want to share with my listeners? Uh, we don't have a website. We only have the fame uh, Facebook page. That's cool. What's the name of your Facebook page? Uh, it's Escuela. The Artes Marciales, Cayuquembo, Tijuana. All right. That's, uh, so for you listeners, Escuela, if you, if you don't speak Spanish, Escuela is going to be spelled E. Oh, here we go. See, I speak Spanish. Let's see if my Spanish spells good. E S C U E L A. And then you said D. So D E. Uh, which is, uh, as it sounds, Cayuquembo. <laughs> um uh artes marciales a-r-t-e-s marciales m-a-r-c-a-i-l-a-s so yeah check it out um i'll have a link to that too so if uh if you're listening from itunes um there'll be a link for that in the episode notes as well or, or you can jump on the youtube there'll be an episode a link to that in the description 
All right, brother. Is there anything else you wanted to mention? No, thank you very much. And uh, even though we don't see too much, I mean, I, I, I truly uh, love what you're doing. And uh, any anytime you need any support or anything, I'm, I'm over here. I really appreciate it, man. It, it, like, again, I can't thank you enough. Uh, for those of you who do follow my Kajukembo uh, Japan page out here in Hyogo, uh, Francisco was the one who hooked me up with a better logo because I just kind of grabbed whatever I had and put my letters on it. I'm not not exactly the best at computer stuff, so he really hooked it up. Um, so yeah, again, Francisco, thank you very much. Uh, definitely love what you're doing, man, spreading Kajikembo internationally out in Mexico and in Tijuana. And I, I always follow what, you, what you're doing too with the kids and, and your students. That's really awesome. I, it's great to see the, the next generation learn and grow. Oh, you're most welcome. And, and next time you are around here, let me know so we can we can come here in Tijuana and, and enjoy Tijuana a little bit. That would be nice. That would be nice. I, I would. I really. I'm very envious of the food and beer that I see you posting all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, brother. Well, um, right. to my listeners, uh, stay tuned real quick. Uh, you hear that? That's the music. That's the sound for the for the wrap up. So stay tuned for that. Alright, so thank you very much for listening to another episode of Social Jello with Angelo. Uh, check out my website at www.socialjello.com. Events coming up, I'm going to be fighting at the Fight Force Jiu-Jitsu Gi Tournament on January... Oh boy, where are we in? What date is this? Ah, yes, January 27th here in Osaka, Japan. Check it out if you are in Japan. Uh, spectating is free I'll have some information about that in the episode links and the description and uh, a big shout out and thanks again to uh, to Francisco uh, for coming on the show and talking about his martial arts experiences as I mentioned earlier I'm going in a different direction with the show I'm focusing a little more on martial artists and their journeys and how they got to where they're going if you want to be on the show feel free to contact me at thesocialjello at gmail.com and I'd be more than happy to interview you and listen to what you have to say about your martial arts journey or even if you just want to talk about whatever background you're in I'm, I'm open to anything so it's all good alright thanks again for listening uh, don't forget to check out the Amazon link on my website if you scroll to the bottom click the banner I get a few cents or my Patreon site if you scroll to the bottom Click the orange button on Patreon. It'll send you straight to my site, and you can donate some money there too, and that'll allow me to make more videos for you, which is much appreciated. All right, catch you later. Peace.